You've been listening to This Week with Betsy Johnson on the stations of Coast Community Radio, KMUN 91.9 FM, Astoria, Oregon, KTCB, Tillamook, 89.5 FM, and streaming at coastradio.org or on your mobile using the TuneIn app. It's 9.29, and it's 9.30 by the time I finish telling you what time it is, <laughs> and that means it's time for Food Talk. I'm Marianne Myers, and I am here with the fabulous Linda Perkins. Good morning. I got my apron on. Good morning, Marianne. You do, and it's a really, it's a springy... It's uh, ratty. It's, <laughs> it's very old. <laughs> it's lovely and soft. <laughs> yes, from its 20 million washings. <laughs> it, it's seen um, some... Many, many better days. Many, 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 many better days. Hey, it's worked hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, seeing many, many better days could describe either one of I know, us. I so, know. You know, I, I'm loving your apron. What oh. can I say? <laughs> Well, um, how are you? I'm fine, and and I'm excited about this time of year because you yeah. know every time I um, go to Egg Day at the North Coast Food Web on Thursdays or go to um, our local, you know, like our co-op, mm-hmm. I see more and more and more really yeah. local. Yeah. I mean, like really local produce. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. Got a flat of strawberries, and I think I'm just gonna eat them. <laughs> I, I think I think we should just eat them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there'll be another flat that you could do something with. Yeah. And I, I am going through last year's strawberries in the freezer as fast as ever I can to make room for the new ones. So. Yeah, I want to make some freezer jam. I, yeah. I just got a hankering for it. Isn't that weird? It, I don't know why, but it's fabulous. Yeah. I, I probably I, just because I've heard the word strawberry so much in the last <laughs> week or two, you know. Yeah. But yeah, the hoods are good. And if we're gonna make jam, it's hard to do anything easier and more delicious than yeah. freezer jam, really. Yeah. And um, I can't wait for tomatoes. <laughs> I was at the store the other day. I wanted to make um, BLTs. Yeah. That means it's summer, right? Yeah. Anyway, you know the tomatoes aren't quite in season yet, and whenever that's true, all winter long, I'll either buy the heirloom tomatoes or I'll buy the um. You know, cherry tomatoes, they have really yeah. good flavor in the winter. They do. But I looked at the heirloom tomatoes, and there was this giant one. And it seemed like it was perfectly ripe, you know. And all the others were either too much or too little. It was, you know, the Goldilocks or yeah, the <laughs> yeah. baby bear, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so um, um, I thought, okay, I'm going to do it. So I, I bought the tomato, and up at the register... I learned that it was 1.87 pounds. I mean, it was just a oh giant tomato. I know, I know. Which you could have bought a roast beef cheaper. <laughs> but I, I um, hacked up like one third of it into six sandwiches. It was really, really something. But it, wow. but it was good. It was. It was perfectly ripe and and it was delicious. But it was just so funny because I brought it home and the guys are like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is it a melon? Uh, no, what? I know. What is that thing in our house? Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah, corn and melon and well actually at this point even stone fruit which i realize is available in the stores but it is not time yeah. yet yeah. it just isn't time keep mm-hmm. your money in your pocket because it is not time yet we want plums and peaches and apricots we want all that stuff but you just have to be patient it's yeah. not time yet there's that sniff test you know all winter long you can get peaches and nectarines but they don't smell like peaches or nectarines same thing with strawberries and then when you finally get strawberries that when you smell them they smell like strawberries oh those are so good same yeah. thing with the peaches and nectarines yeah, yeah. And, and um, you know, if you're looking at strawberries and they have a little white around the stem at the top, they're not, 
They're yeah. not done yet. Yeah. <laughs> and if they're for sale, they're never going to get done. Yeah. They're yeah. done. You know, it's just. You don't have the proper gases at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, my gosh. Oh. Off gassing in the refrigerator. Well, There's a whole thing there. Well, speaking of gas, yes. <laughs> I went to a potluck last night. <laughs> so a friend called um, during the day and said, hey, do you want to come over for a spontaneous dinner? You know, just a potluck shirt. So um, he said, you know, we're making a pot of soup and got some dessert, you know. And I said, okay, well, how about if I bring, um, uh, what did I say? Oh, bread. I said, I got part, most of a loaf of bread there and some salad. And he said, sure. And then he said, there's going to be eight to 10 people. <laughs> well, I thought it was just, you know, the four yeah. of us, right? And I don't, I, I only have lettuce for like four very small people. And so then I texted him and I said, well, how about if I bring a bean salad? And he said, that's fine. This is the gassy part. Anyway, what, what his wife had made is a big pot of bean soup. And then I bought a bean salad. Isn't that awful? <laughs> I was so embarrassed. I hope somebody brought citrus. <laughs> no, no. There was um, like t everybody else brought beer. And then there was a, a really lovely smoked tuna appetizer. But so it was bean salad and bean soup and bread. Everything starts with B. And then um, <laughs> beer. And then beer, yes. <laughs> it was the poor beer. But never have I beef. had such a beanful meal. And everything was good. But um, it was just funny. I should have brought a lettuce salad well you never know with potlucks or i should have asked the person making the soup you know as opposed to yeah. her spouse <laughs> yeah i guess that's true <laughs> hey uh speaking of that i have to come up with a non-green salad for a dinner tonight for a oh. bunch of like maybe 10 people okay and i'm thinking maybe a whole grain or pasta salad what would you do i think whole grain now i think pasta is a little i don't know I just, um, to me, pasta is just a little winterier. Ah. Even though you'd think whole grain, but just whole grain sounds good. Yeah, whole grain sounds really good. Yeah. And there are some fabulous veg out there right now. There's some local broccoli. And yeah. Bro oh, my gosh. Yeah. So good. Yeah, so maybe I'll do that. I, I, I have four pounds of broccoli at home that I'm going to roast when I get home. That's so funny that you said broccoli. I had a hankering for it. I just really love it. Yeah, and it's there's nothing like it when it's finally here yeah. and you're getting it yeah. just picked that morning yeah. so fabulous and our local uh csas are starting to get i mean they're they're happening serious like like choices yeah not just cabbage so uh, <laughs> and squash yeah <laughs> i uh i my thing about csas is uh, which which is um community supported agriculture it is buying a box or a bag of uh, fabulous product from a local farmer um, and you get you it's a subscription service for the season mm -hmm. and you um, get to uh, have something wonderful delivered um, w once a week usually and um, I've always I've done that uh, many 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 times but the problem is there's only two people in my household and we don't always are not always home every night of the week for dinner together because mm -hmm. of our schedules. So having all of that um, produce and being able to use it all before I get the next big box of produce is a big challenge. So anymore what I've done is um, subscribe to a CSA with a local farmer in support of local agriculture yeah. and, and said, uh, let this be a scholarship for somebody <laughs> and oh. I will just buy produce as I need it and and I like that model I like that European model of shopping the day that you're going mm -hmm. to eat it um, I, there's something about it that's uh, really nice in terms of 
not having a bunch of rotting weird mm-hmm. things in your refrigerator and also seeing what's available that day. So maybe I'll do that for salad tonight. Yeah. Well, and for me, I just live too far out. I'm too rural to do yeah. that. And that that's, um, it's sad. It would be wonderful to be, be, be able to do that, but I would be destroying the planet and all the <laughs> gas that I would use. <laughs> And suddenly that head of lettuce, it costs $15. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's not really, uh, we aren't set up for it. We we don't have the neighborhood everything that that you do in, um, well, even in New York, you know, it's very possible to just go down to your like little greengrocer to Mm -hmm. walk there from Mm -hmm. where you live. It's possible, but that isn't the way that we do it here. We're, uh, We're out west. (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot of space so anyway yeah all right so a grain salad maybe i'll do that it just sounds good to me but that doesn't mean you have to do it but it just sounds good no there's a lot of really great uh really great grains Mm -hmm. so uh maybe i will do that and just put a whole bunch of uh fresh steamed veg in there and maybe just a vinaigrette Mm -hmm. i think that's a good idea yeah even wild rice i love that that's a really good idea. Except, you know, you have to boil it for like 75 minutes. I know. But, you know, with a salad, you do that in the afternoon. You stick it in the fridge. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah. So uh, the, the other thing about um, summer that I really look forward to is um, mangoes, ripe mangoes. Oh, yeah. Not green mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> I like green mango salad, but I like really ripe mangoes mm-hmm. and um, corn for salsa. Yeah. You make such good salsa. Well, fresh corn, I mean, you yeah. really don't have to do anything to yeah. it, right? But yeah. but uh, fresh corn salsa and um, steamed salmon or, or any kind of fish, so good. Or tortilla chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or that. <laughs> or that. What have you been cooking lately? Oh, um, sandwiches. Um, I've been kind of experimenting with... Um, Putting and this sounds just so basic and fundamental, but just putting herbs in batter if I'm making fish or or chicken or something like that, just dill or thyme and sage, and um, I, I like that. I think it's really good. I think it just adds a little something. You know, I always put in onion powder, or garlic powder, pepper, cayenne stuff like that. But um, fresh herbs instead fresh herbs of are yeah, so great. And yeah. do, do you ever do the compound butter where you're making a roll of it yeah. and putting it away? I yeah. love that and being able to just slice a little yeah. slice off and putting it on whatever it is you're cooking. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorites comes from a fabulous chef I used to work with years ago, Britta Nelson, um, did uh, one of her recipes that I have made consistently ever since uh, we knew each other is a roasted winter vegetable soup that I do in the winter Mm -hmm. because it's squash and carrots and all of that stuff. But it has a a slice of walnut sage butter on it that that just makes it, it just knocks it out of the park. And it's um, softened butter um, that you, uh, once it's a little bit soft so you can mold it, you put it in... uh, uh, like wax paper, roll it up, and then kind of squeeze it into a roll. Mm-hmm. 
um, and then unroll it and um, roll it in chopped fresh sage and cho- chopped toasted walnuts. Oh, so that it's so it's go- like a cheese ball. It's like <laughs> a cheese log. Well, I've never done that. I always mix them together and then yes. rolled it up. I've never done it where yes. you roll it on the outside, but I bet it's also really pretty. It's really pretty, and the other thing is that the nuts stay really crunchy. Okay, and so and then I just you can stick it in the freezer. And slice off little slices of it. And for things like that, the pureed soups, the pureed vegetable soups mm-hmm. are just, uh, they're really f- lovely on their own. And you put a little fat to mm-hmm. melt on top of it and they get it's luxurious. sublime. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it just turns it from, this is a good soup to, wow, what the heck. You know, that's such a good experiment that if you gentle listeners, the seven of you at home ever want to try, um, if you take like pecans and then you just roast a few, just you put them in the oven at about 300. Is that what you do? Yeah, and then three, maybe three a, 25. Yeah, maybe about 10 minutes, you know, move them around a little bit, maybe once or twice. And then um, they say when you smell them, they're done. But yeah. they're, they're done at 10 minutes. And then just let them cool and then try one from the bag and then try the one that you roasted. And they're entirely different. Yep. They're, they're, it's just really, really a, a lovely thing to, to yeah. roast a pecan. Did you know that Britta's mom died? Yes. Yes. So that was Emily Nelson, and she was such a good baker. So she died last week, and and um um it it really got me thinking on when people who are such good cooks die, you know, their recipes go with them. But they don't. Not in Emily's case. Yeah. Because uh, Emily had four daughters. Yeah. They're all really good cooks. Yeah. Uh, Britta is one of the most brilliant chefs I've ever worked with, and she uh, was home taught by a mom who knew things. Yeah, yeah, she was just such a good cook and such a good baker. Yes, yeah, yeah, and uh, such a remarkable person. Um, So, yes, uh, so things did not, things live on. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Uh, But I think that with compound butters, that uh, process of making a log or, or even just a tub and sticking it in the freezer allows you to make several different flavors because I like mm-hmm. them also with like uh, chili mm-hmm. on the outside and um, um, there's a million different kinds of herbs you could do and then you just have this fabulous flavored butter that you can just... See, that's so funny because the thing I use them the most for are fish and, and meat uh-huh. and I never thought of putting it in chili. What, what kind of compound butter do you do? No, I just mean... Oh, you uh, mean you put chili in the butter? Oh, yeah. you're going to need a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I like that any of those flavored butters uh, um, on baked potatoes, Yeah. on veg, yeah. on toast. <laughs> on toast. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. So I, I would say that that's a very good thing to have in the freezer and doesn't take up any space at all. So, yeah, I would. (laughs) Hey, I had somebody, we were talking uh, last time I was here with you on the radio. I was saying that I'm trying to get away from using plastic as much as possible Mm -hmm. and that I was having trouble figuring out plan B for um, plastic uh, sealable bags in the Mm -hmm. freezer. And someone recommended to me some silicone uh, freezer uh, containers that I guess fold flat, but then you you open them up and they're good for uh, freezer. Okay. I haven't used them. I have done a little research and they're out there in the okay. world. I haven't found them locally, but um, I promise I will do some uh, experimenting and see if I can uh, find something that 
reliably replaces. The only thing about containers, you know, is that they take up more space than a flat packed bag. Yeah, but if it's collapsible, maybe you can partially collapse it That's with what stuff I'm in it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm wondering. Um, I need to remind everybody really quickly. Well, I don't need to, but I want to remind everybody really quickly that they're listening to Food Talk um, on Coast Community Radio, KMUN Astoria, KTCV, and Tillamook, and that Food Talk is a uh, co-production of Coast Community Radio and North Coast Food Web. And I am here with uh, Linda Perkins talking about food. <laughs> so um, I was at Tim Kennedy's house a while ago, and I noticed that he had a new little side table. And upon closer inspection, the side table had legs made out of French baguettes. Yes, yes. And so what he had done is is he had taken four baguettes and and it had a round top and the the legs splayed out just a little bit, but he's a carpenter and the table wasn't wobbly or anything. And then as you look at it closer, the top was a pizza crust. (laughs) Isn't that insane? And so what he'd done is he brought a round piece of plywood down to the Fort George and asked him to bake a pizza crust around it. And then he uh, gorilla glued the legs on it. But there's somebody else there and she's like, oh, you know, we're doing an art show. And I know that if we displayed something on that, people would be so interested in it. You should make more of those. And I said, yes, that's a great idea. And then you should come up with a name for it. And he said, oh, no, I already have a name. And do you know what it was? Breadside Table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying to know if those baguettes were sealed with anything. No, no. Because um, as the evening wore on, we'd been sitting outside and then we came in because it was getting nippy and it was a little dark. And then um, I remember his wife, Kate, jumped up and she's like, oh, the table's still outside. (laughs) (laughs) They had to like save it from the dew. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Just so comical, so hilarious. But but um, I mean, it doesn't stick out in the house like, you know, normally if you'd make furniture out of food. (laughs) No, I don't. No. no, no, I never would have thought of it. <laughs> That's too fabulous. Breadside table. <laughs> That's just the best. <laughs> uh, well, what what's on your dance card for having to uh, forgetting to cook this week? Let's see. Because oh. I know you cook for other people. Sometimes, yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, my brain is just blank. I've been really excited about, I found just a brioche bun that I like. Oh. You know, because when I lived in Portland, you know, there was, um, I love bratwurst. And there was a place I could buy buns that I loved, you know. But I've never found that here. And so just um, one of the grocery stores just now has these brioche buns. And the thing is, there's good buns here. um, But the good buns are always just a load of bread. Do you know what I mean? It's just way too much bread. And then if you're, you know, if you pull out all that middle bread and you're having people over, it just kind of looks like you're a serial murderer or something. You know, it's just not super appealing, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I I end up cutting... the top off of the bun and then cutting a big slice out of the middle so that when you put it back together there's a piece missing out of the middle but you haven't like torn the innards out well that makes sense and then you can just make croutons or something out of that because seriously way Mm -hmm. too much yeah yeah but these aren't so they're just these little brioche buns and they aren't too much bread and they're delicious and so that and I do love bratwurst and then there's just been such like an uptick in 
in production of natural, fresh sauerkraut, you know, pickled, yeah. all the fermented things. Yeah. And I just really like it so much better than the stuff that has been sitting around for six weeks in my grandma's crock getting, you know, yeah. a, as um, pungent as it can. And so um, just with fresh sauerkraut and then these brioche buns, boy, poor Dale. <laughs> Three meals a day. It's bratwurst <laughs> for breakfast. It starts with me. <laughs> it Oof. is really good. That is a really good thing to do. And it seems summer to me, even though bratwurst is, is yeah. an autumn sort of thing. But I think it's because I grill them. And so I've been experimenting with that, too. And um, Dale actually figured this out. If we put the bratwurst on the grill cold, like it's, you know, and then start it up to medium, they turn out so much better than if, if we um, put it on there hot because oh. the inside is done at the same time as the outside. It's not getting super dark, you know? Right, right. And so um, I never thought of starting a grill cold. I know there's a few things people do where they start their oven cold, but I actually don't know what they are. I just read about them and forgot about them because I had something else to store in that part of my brain. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it works really, really good just to stick them on cold and then just start the grill to medium and and um, let it heat up and the, the bratwurst at the same time. Do you grill corn? Um, yes, I do. But I don't grill it. Um, I generally grill it to get grill marks to get char on the outside of it. Uh -huh. So um, a lot of people will leave the, the husk on and then grill the bejesus out of it. And I don't do that. I don't leave it on for 20, 30 minutes. I'm, I just want to get some grill marks on it because I really like fresh corn that still has a little bit of crunch. Yeah, you don't really need to cook it at all. Yeah. Um, so I could see why... You know, it would just be a little more savory. Yeah. If Especially if you're putting it in a salad. It's so pretty when it has the little bit of marks on it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I don't grill anything, as oh, you that's know. that's right. <laughs> I don't even have a grill. <laughs> I know. See, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a grill, and I do not aspire to have a grill. Okay. Now, I do have a stove that has a grill component on it, you know, yeah. like I can pull out. And you with... use that. I've seen you yeah, use yeah, it. Yeah, I do. I do, but I don't think of it as grilling. I mean, it's in my kitchen. Yeah, but I think it counts. And it doesn't have, and it's not gas, and it's not charcoal, and it's not, it, it's. <laughs> but it works really good. Yeah, I, it, it gets marks. Yeah. And it cooks, yeah. but but it's not the same. Yeah. Um, and, no bugs and, uh, to pick off? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't mind. I love grilled food. I'm just not, I have no experience, so. Yeah. And I'm not really interested in carrying all the food outside and cooking it and then carrying it back. Well, and that is one thing in fending off the hounds of the Baskerville. They're like, yay, meat outside, it's ours. Dare you not to <laughs> drop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Hey, do you have a splatter shield? I do. Do you use it? No, I don't. Me either. And then um, just recently I started using it. And oh. it, okay, here's why. Somebody came over and they walked in the door and they said, your house smells like fish. And I'm thinking, well, you just need to turn around. But he didn't. So <laughs> anyway. Ugh. So um, That's because you know what? I cook. Yeah. That, that's uh, how I feel about that kind of thing. But uh, whatever. Go ahead. Anyway, so then um, um, I thought... You know, what can I do about this? And so I started using my splatter shield and it just makes um, it just really contains a lot of stuff. I'm surprised how well it works. Are you saying that it keeps the odors out? Um, I think that the OK, so I think that the odor is odor. But then I also think it's contained in whatever splatters out. 
because yeah, if if sure. if I if I do some frying, like the kind of deep frying I do, that where I'll put an inch of oil in the bottom of a, a stock pot, and I'm trying to contain the splattering, and then just fry some chicken or something in that. Um, if I leave the lid off that, because um, generally I'll deal with it in the morning, you know, make sure it's cool, and plus yeah. I'm tarred at night. So um, um, generally, so if I, I just leave that on the stove all night, the house smells quite a lot like fish in the morning. But if I cover that pot up, uh-huh. it doesn't smell so much like fish. And so I do think that, so my theory from that is that, that some of the odor is in the little splatters of oil that go everywhere. And I, I don't know if that's the reason, but there's a lot less splatters of oil everywhere, and then it smells a lot less. But it, but with you, the splatter but you, shield, you still have splat. The, the my, my complaint about the splatter shield is that there's still oil splattered onto the counter. It may yeah. be less, but yeah. it, but it doesn't really stop it. No, you're right. But um, and then I it happens this. when you're flipping stuff. Yeah. Like when you take it off. Yeah, no, you're right. But um um but it's it's just it's really a lot less. And I I my big concern about the oil there's two things, the cleanup and then the smell. And the smell is a lot less. Okay. I'm going to have to try it because as you know, my kitchen is in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't I do not my kitchen and my living room are not separate rooms. Yeah. So, whatever it is that I've been cooking, the entire house smells like it. However, um I got to say that I have been, um, I, I, I would have to dig to the very bottom of my pots and pan cupboard to find my yeah. splatter shield because oh, I never I did use too. it. And I'm not making this up. I had to get the spider off it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not talking about, you know, that strainy thing that you <laughs> that spider. We're talking about an actual spider. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, um, my other complaint about it, besides the fact that when I first used it, I thought that it was actually going to stop all the splattering. Okay. Now, I don't know why I thought that. It's just a screen, right? Yeah. But um, the other thing is that then I have this greasy thing I have to clean. Yeah, well, and then mine just fits perfect on the very edge of the dishwasher. And oh, okay. something like that I have to put in the dishwasher. Yeah, you have yeah. to. And so it fits just perfect, just like where I would put a cookie sheet, just right on the very edge. And so so that wasn't a problem Okay. Um, for me, I am going to. Um, I'm going. I'm going to try it again. I know it's a stupid thing, but I, I was really it. happy with it. All right. I think that that's really great because very often my house smells like uh, bacon or mm-hmm. onions mm-hmm. or uh, fish yeah. or whatever. I mean, it just yeah. Does. The bacon and onions don't bother me, but the fish does. I yeah. just don't want my house to smell like fish. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but I wouldn't invite that one guest back if I were you. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that uh, that you know, that's a, that's a punishable offense. <laughs> Walk in somebody's house and go, oh, it smells like food. Oh, well, really, no fish. It smells like fish. It's even care. worse. Fish oh. is food. Yeah, no, but I that's even care. worse. Uh, I, and and I think that um, I have had people say, oh, I would never have my uh, kitchen in the living room. I would I would never not have a separate kitchen because uh, then the whole house smells like whatever it is you've been cooking mm-hmm. and I, for some bizarre reason i don't think that that's a bad thing no i don't think that's bizarre i think it's usually a good smell fish is really the only one that bothers me that and fry oil those are the two that i yeah. don't want it to smell like yeah 
and I haven't, uh, I am so lazy about, <laughs> I, obviously, I, I'm like resentful of having to put my uh, splash guard thing in the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> so the odds of me deep frying anything very small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just not going to deep fry, even though I love deep fried food. Yeah. I do. I do. I'll just let somebody else do my fish and chips for me. That'd yeah. be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so many places that do it so well around town. We're so lucky. Oh, I know. And you know, every Christmas, my uh, grandmother used to make this um, Scandinavian cookie. And I imagine there's a zillion of these kinds, but uh, it was called Fadiman. And, Never heard of it. Uh, you, you cut the dough into long strips, and then you make a slash in the middle of the strip and pull the end through so that you oh, have Oh, yeah, yeah. And then you deep fry it. Okay. And then when it comes out, you let it drain for just briefly, but while it's still warm, you put it in a bag full of powdered sugar and shake it so that they come out coated with powdered sugar. It sounds like a Scandinavian churro. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's delicious. It sounds delicious. Um, and I used to actually make, uh, I, I used to, like, forgive my bad attitude about deep frying long enough to do Fatiman at Christmas, but I've even recovered from that now. Really? But it's like a tradition. Oh, well, I've done many a rant in my food column about tradition, <laughs> which I think of as a habit gone terribly wrong. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that people are big on it. Yeah. And it seems to be a uniquely human thing that somehow escaped my DNA. Yeah. <laughs> so. You yeah. know how there's, you know, for a long time been that movement to um, have meatless Mondays, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm not a vegetarian, but, you know, we try to eat some meatless meals. But, but lately I've been um, just, you know, seeing if we could add a meal or two that's vegan too, you know. Uh -huh. And I think the easiest way for me to do a vegan meal that, that tastes good is um, a soup. And so I've just been trying hard to um, to uh, experiment with different vegan soup recipes, and I'm I'm early on in the thing, but but that's been kind of fun, you know. Yeah, have you uh, have you discovered one that you particularly like so far? Um, black bean soup is really easy to make vegan. I think that's the easiest thing, but I'm just trying to find some more specifically some kind of curry that's good. And um, um, just because you can use coconut milk in yeah. soup really easily, yeah. Um, I think vegan soups can be really delicious. There's a lot you can make, but I just want, you know, some some really delicious ones under my belt. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. that's that's kind of what I'm working on right now. Yeah, I'm working on uh, a lot more meatless stuff too. Yeah. Um, I just think it's time, yeah. and also, um, uh, I think it's uh, planet friendly to not be consuming so mm -hmm. much. Uh, meat. So uh, it isn't even a philosophy thing to me in terms of uh, whether I'm eating a living thing, because I think everything we eat has pretty much been alive until we ate it. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, but I think it's hugely damaging to the planet, yeah. uh, cattle farming and a lot of that stuff. Yeah. So maybe we'll talk about, uh, let's make a note that we, <laughs> that we will both uh, make sure we forget about before the next show <laughs> that we're going to talk about uh, uh, plant-based cooking. Okay. And we will experiment That's a good idea. That. Yeah. It won't just be prattle. <laughs> Noodling. Well, that'll be a dangerous precedent. <laughs> I want to remind everyone that they're listening to Coast Community Radio, KMUN Astoria 91.9 FM, KTCB Tillamook, 89.5 FM, streaming at coastradio.org and on your mobile using the TuneIn app. You've been listening to Food Talk. 
uh, with me, Marianne Myers, and the fabulous Linda Perkins. Linda, thank you. Thank you, Marianne. So nice to see you. Yeah, you too. We should bring lunch. <laughs> but it's 10. <laughs> Stay t- yeah, well, never too early. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, John Stevenson is in the house, and uh, Lost Highway is coming your way at six minutes after the hour, right after headline news.